Good afternoon, church family. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you uh, yet again for joining me uh, for Midweek Manna for this week. Uh, I've got some great content that I want to uh, share with you for uh, this day and this afternoon. If you are, in fact, watching it in the afternoon, let me op open up with a word of prayer, and then we will begin with the Word of God in a and a devotion. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, your mysteries and miracles are before us. Lord, I, I pray that we are seeking them, that we are praying for them, that we are searching your word, Lord, just for that, mysteries and miracles. Lord, in a moment we're going to be hearing more about your mysteries and miracles. I pray that it will be a blessing, Lord, not only to the ear, uh, but also, Lord, to the Spirit this day. Fill our hearts, O oh God, we call upon your name. We ask this in the name of your Son, our Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, who in fact uh, is a miracle, and the giver, the author of miracles as well. In his name we pray. Amen. So, uh, the handy devotions from the beach this uh, afternoon has a great uh, devotion just uh, about that, mysteries and miracles. So let me go to the Word of God here, Deuteronomy 7, 21, rather. It says this, The Lord your God, the great and awesome God, is among you. Amen. Many beaches have some sort of mystery or spooky story attached to them. At most every coast, locals and fishermen have a strange tale that's part of the beach's folklore. Too often we view God as a sort of ghost story. We love hearing tall tales that give us goosebumps, yet we yawn at the beautiful mysteries and miracles of God, accounts that reveal His character and set forth truth and promises for each one of us. So how real is God to you, the devotion asks. When we refuse to engage Him, to devote time to meditate on His truths, our God diminishes into folklore, a warm presence we like to have around but not a dynamic personality who changes everything. So, we need God, you and I, every day, every minute of our lives. He is not a legend or a nice story or even a scary story. He is our Creator who knows us intimately and wants us to know Him in the same way. God is not the protagonist in a charming old beach tale, nor is he waiting to zap us with a stun gun if we don't go through the proper religious motions. Our God is alive. He is powerful. He is present. And he wants us to believe in all of his mysteries and miracles. There's a scripture that I want to refer to, uh, and that's Psalm 139. Go, God knowing us uh, in, a, in a very 
intimate and deep way. Uh, go there and, and reference that scripture text. And, and let, me, let me close with this prayer. It says this, Lord, let me feel your presence, hear your voice, and taste your goodness. I believe in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I want to move now to uh, to a devotion uh, that uh, that spoke to my heart. Uh, it was uh, a, a a portion here uh, this uh, this devotion from a, a larger sermon by uh, Dr. Stanley. Uh, it's entitled "Building Towers When We Leave God Out of Our Plans," and and he makes some scripture reference here that I want to give you ahead of time. And they're all from the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. And then he references Genesis 9, 7. And Genesis 11, 14. And I'll, I'll read uh, that text as well. Building towers when we leave God out of our plans. It says this, Sometimes we might wonder why a plan of ours doesn't turn out as we had hoped, every one of us. When we were careful to think through every step, but it just didn't work. One possible reason is that we foolishly left God out of that plan. Instead of relying on the one who knows everything and has all power, we depended on our own knowledge, our own understanding, our own resources to determine what we wanted to accomplish in the first place, and also where we desired to go and how we would in fact complete that plan. An example of this kind of mindset is found in Genesis 11, 1 through 9. And I'll go there now and uh, invite you to turn to your own Bibles and read along, if you would. <clears throat> this is the Tower of Babel. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east, they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, otherwise we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which mortals had built. And the Lord said, Look, they are one people, and they all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there, so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all of the earth, and they left off 
building the city. Therefore it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all of the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all of the earth. So, an example of this kind of mindset is found in this very text. After the flood, the Lord had told Noah's sons, Be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply on it. That comes from Genesis 9-7. But their descendants gathered on a plain in Shinar and settled there, saying, Come, let us build for ourselves a city, a tower whose top will reach into heaven and let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Genesis 11.4 Although God had made it very clear that He wanted mankind to fill the earth, the people at Babel decided to make their own plan in disregard of the Lord's instructions. In response to their rebellion, God confused their language so that they could no longer communicate with each other and build the tower. As a result, His will was accomplished, and they, in fact, were scattered abroad over the face of the earth. So, if we leave God out of our plans, we can, in fact, expect consequences. Dr. Stanley says, and just a couple that he mentions here that I think are certainly worthy of taking note of. Number one, we can't claim God's promise of provision and protection. He doesn't give us his assistance and power to accomplish what's not his will. We can't honestly ask the Lord for his blessing if we are not following him makes sense. The goal is to pray then for guidance, not to make up our mind and then what? What, what? What's the human nature? Make up our mind and then ask God to bless what we've planned. As children of God, we belong to him and he's committed to guide and to provide for us, but not always in a way that makes immediate sense to us. Number two, the absence of God in our plans limits the possibilities of whatever we do. The Lord's will for our lives is far more profitable for us than anything that we could uh, advise or, or devise, rather, or construct apart from Him. How we make decisions is important because we face choices every day. And the only way to make them according to God's will is to, in fact, rely on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. God's plan is not something we come up with on our own. Number three, leaving God out of our plans reveals our own sin, particularly the sin of pride. We may not think we need the Lord's uh, direction and protection for a normal day, but that's really an attitude of personal pride. We should begin every day seeking His guidance for whatever lies ahead 
and end the day with gratitude for his protection, provision, and direction. Number four, if we don't seek God's guidance, we may choose less than he would have provided. We may look at a situation and think that we know the best option. But if we wait on the Lord, he may lead us to something, what? Far better than we would have chosen for ourselves. To receive God's best, we must ask for God's direction regarding what to do, when to do it, and how to accomplish it. Sometimes we act as foolishly as the people of Babel when we fail to consider what God would have and wants to do for us. He is willing to guide our choices and direct us into His will if we will ask Him before we move on it, on our own. His plan for us is so much better than anything that you and I could ever devise on our own. When you are making plans, do you ask the Lord for guidance? Let's just take a moment and think about that. Let me say it again. When you are making plans, do you ask the Lord for guidance? Don't make it hard on yourself, Dr. Stanley says. Seek God's guidance first and enjoy the blessings of following Him then in obedience. A good word there that I wanted uh, to share for us all this day. Seek God's guidance. Put prayer to every decision, every move, every family matter. Uh, you will, uh, you and I uh, will be far more spiritually fruitful uh, if we do so. So, with all of that said, uh, church, let me offer a word of prayer for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, so often, Lord, we have good intentions, and yet, Lord, pride gets in the way, stubbornness gets in the way, Lord, and we end up uh, making our own plans and then asking for your favor, for your blessing after the fact. And unfortunately, Lord, that uh, is not uh, your will for our lives. That, that our prayer, that our movement, that our motivation must always be first and foremost, Lord, not my will, but your will be done, Lord putting prayer, Lord, to everything that we do as people of faith is absolutely critical. It's not optional. So bless, Lord. Bless those decisions. Bless, Lord, that planning. Bless, Lord, our movement forward. I pray, Lord, that we include you in everything that we do. And we ask this in Jesus' holy and blessed name. Amen. Folks, you have a wonderful day. Take care, God bless, and I will see you next week.